Divorce is not a topic discussed in many American churches. It is almost as if it is an issue that we want to ignore or a problem we don't know how to address. Why is that? And what does God think about divorce? In this episode of Hardcore Christianity, Jerry and I attempt to answer the question, is divorce sin? We'll explore statistics concerning the state of divorce in our country. We'll examine whether there is ever a good reason to divorce. We'll take a look at what the Bible says about divorce. And we'll address how believers should approach the issue of divorce and those who have been divorced. If you've questioned whether the Bible considers divorce a sin, you'll want to stick around for this episode of Hardcore Christianity. So Jerry, I thank you for joining me for this episode of Hardcore Christianity, where we'll be talking about the question, is divorce sin? But before we do that, I kind of wanted to let the audience know that uh, this may be a sensitive topic to some, and I want to acknowledge that um, we don't take this topic callously. Uh, I know that there may be those who have either divorced or have been in a divorce or who have children who um, have experienced a divorce of their parents. So... I don't want to take it lightly, but I certainly want to get into the topic of is divorce sin because I'm sure that there are a lot of people who might be listening who might have questioned what God thinks about divorce to begin with. But even before we start, have you ever been touched by divorce yourself? I mean, have has anything ever happened in your life that you have uh, either experienced divorce in your life or know someone who has experienced divorce um, before we get into the topic? Sure. Uh, actually, divorce uh, is typically part of any family uh, in this culture. And uh, personally, uh, yes, I have had family members who have been divorced, uh, friends who've been divorced. And it's always hard because uh, from an outside, you don't know all of the things that went on that caused the divorce. And yet you might still care for both people. And so you you're kind of torn, and especially if one of the people is related and, and one is not, mm-hmm. uh, how do I go about social situations and other things that happen where you might run into these people? But um, yeah, it, it is uh, never an easy thing. I've, now, my wife and I, we've been married for 40 years, uh, but we're very thankful for that, and part of that is the fact that every Sunday we go to church together. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's easy and life pulls us apart in so many ways. And by going to church on Sunday, we have a, a way of bringing life back together. Mm-hmm. And so that uh, has been very helpful for us. That's good to know. I mean, it's nice to know that when Christ is central in a relationship, it is, I think, more likely to succeed. I know that I myself have experienced, uh, not divorce myself, but my parents had divorced and it had, uh, a, you know, a lasting effect on us kids. I know that I have a couple of brothers and a couple of sisters, and we actually had to split up, uh, where we lived. So a couple of us went with my dad and a couple of us went with my mom and it was two separate situations. And it was hard to keep a relationship close with my younger brother and sister. So it does really pull, I think even almost more at the children, but I, you know, I've never been divorced myself, so I don't know exactly what my mom and dad went through. But I do know that divorce not only affects the two people who are getting divorced, but it affects uh, those around them as, you know, the children and, as you said, even some people around around you. So it is one of those topics that uh, I think is necessary to discuss, um, especially around uh, believers, because I know that um, divorce does happen in the church. Uh, so let's talk about that. As a matter of fact, why are we even asking this question? How, why, is it, a, is it a, uh, an important topic, do you think? I mean, and why would you think that this might be something that should be discussed on Hardcore Christianity? Well, as we've talked about, uh, divorce not only affects the couple, but it affects their family, mm-hmm. their friends, their employer, their employment, their church, and their community. Uh, it goes way beyond just two individuals. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... It's hard to, uh, to measure the impact it has, but it's, it's something that goes on for a much longer period of time than just that moment, uh, yeah. because you're talking about two people that God brought together, 
and now there's that tearing apart, and, right. uh, and there's so many different people are affected by it. And I know that I want to talk about this later on in the show, too. It's like divorce is one of those sins that it's, it's different than other sins. It's one of those that are a long-lasting sin. It's, a, it's something that happens. If, if, if it does happen in your life, it, it continues. It doesn't go away. It's uh, like if you, if you commit a sin, a typical sin, you can uh, ask for repentance, and you can even move beyond it. But uh, divorce is one of those uh, things that may happen in life that sticks with you throughout your entire life. I want to share a couple of statistics. I don't know if you found any about uh, what the, the media and what uh, um, different websites are saying about uh, divorce. Uh, well, one of them that I found from the Centers of Disease Control um, basically says that uh, 3.2 divorces per 1,000 people were registered in 2016, which is low to me. I mean, it sounded really low, but that they're talking about people, not necessarily married people. And, you know, one of the things I found when I was looking at some of these statistics is that it's really across the board. I found different things saying, you know, some some places uh, registering statistics in a different way than others. And I don't know what you found. Did you find any statistics when you were looking? Well, I looked at that as well. And one of the things that the, the person talked about was that depending upon how you look at the statistics, uh, because sometimes you'll say, well, 50% of the marriages end in divorce, but how many of those people were divorced before? Mm. Uh, yes. And uh, so there's so many things that you cannot account for uh, that cause the statistics to go one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, are people who make, call themselves Christians but really aren't living a Christian life, and they would be considered uh, Christians getting divorced, and yet... What is percentages if the people are really living their faith, and it tends to be much lower if they're truly living the Christian yeah. life? Yep. Yeah. Well, you know, and one of the things I also noticed is that uh, as I was looking at these statistics, it's basically a trend that divorce is uh, is decreasing, which is good to know. But also, um, I found that part of the reason it's decreasing is because less people are getting married, especially with the millennials, that there's less millennials getting married. So that doesn't really solve the problem, but um, it at least addresses the problem. I'll, I'll uh, mention a couple of other statistics that I that I found, and, and I would love to hear your thoughts on it if you have any. Uh, so from wf-lawyers.com, one of the things that they say is that currently the divorce rate per 1,000 married women is 16.9, which is different than the 3.2 because they're talking about married couples now. Uh, Many experts feel that that is much more accurate measure than the crude rate. The crude rate is what I was talking about before about the 3.2. So I think that the 16.9 is more of an accurate uh, description of what is going on out there. And then it says here that uh, the divorce rate per 1,000 women, married women, is nearly double that of 1960, but down from the all-time high of 22.6 in the early 80s. So it was as high as 22.6, which even that, uh, because I've heard a lot that, uh, you know, it's 50%, 50% of people who are getting married are uh, face divorce at some point. So that was interesting to to find that. Um, But I did find some other statistics that do support the 50%. So I don't really know exactly what is true, but I think that... um, that one thing that I could take away from it is that divorce is happening and it is a problem. Now, one of the things I look at too is that marriage is not, does not have the same reverence that it used to, mm-hmm. uh, that people enter into marriage too simply or too easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when things get tough, there's nothing there to hold it together. And divorce in our culture seems to be the way out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so people end up divorcing when. Maybe if they had gotten to know each other a little better before they got married, they could work through those issues. Right. Well, here's a couple of other more, a uh, couple of other statistics that I thought were interesting. It says the United, and this is still from wflawyers.com, uh, the United States has the sixth highest divorce rate in the world, and also they say that among the uh, among all Americans 18 years old or, or older, uh, whether they have been married or not, 25% have gone through a marital split which uh, oftentimes I don't think I've seen uh, many statistics about this, the people have gone through marital splits before. but And it says 15% of adult women in the United States are divorced or separated today. That's 15%. That's compared to less than 1% in 1920. So times have changed. Uh, things have really gotten worse over time. And it says the average first marriage that ends in divorce 
lasts about eight years. So those are some interesting statistics that I that I saw that I found. And it really kind of brings home, I think, the point that uh, divorce um, affects a lot of people. I mean, there's the statistics here uh, are ma- mainly even when they talk about a thousand people, oftentimes they're talking about a thousand individuals, whether they're married or not. So that's interesting to, to consider. It would be interesting to see what the numbers of, of those thousand, how many were actually married. <laughs> oh, yeah. And they also talk about separation. So when they talk about divorce, sometimes they lump in separation with divorce. But it is a problem. And, and just a couple of other things that I found, and this is uh, in relation to those who are believers. And the, the statistics I mentioned so far is just general Americans. But this one says people who seriously practice uh, a traditional religious faith, whether Christian or not, uh, have a divorce rate markedly lower than the general population. And that is from uh, this gospelcoalition.org. And one last one before we move on is from uh, uh, premierchristian.com, which says, although the, some studies suggest that church-going couples are more likely to stay together, divorce among Christians is still relatively common. So I think that one of the reasons that we talk about divorce on this show is because it is still relatively common. And I think what you said about it being, uh, you know, kind of normalized and, and our culture has normalized it is, is one of the reasons why I think it is a, a, a topic of, of discussion for hardcore Christianity. And also, um, there are divorces happening in churches. I, I know that several people in my church who have been divorced and have remarried. So uh, it's just, it's a topic that, that uh, merits discussion. So what I would like to know from you, Jerry, is what do you believe about divorce as far as whether it's a sin or not? This is your personal or uh, the belief that you have um, come, come to over time. What are your thoughts about divorce and whether it's a sin? Well, for one thing, I um, believe that God intended marriage to be a lifetime commitment mm-hmm. and more than just a commitment, but a covenant. Mm-hmm. And we think of marriage as a contract. But God's covenant was more than a contract. It couldn't be broken, where we think of it as until such time that things don't work out. Uh, and I think God wants people to stay together. And uh, whether it's a, a sin or not, I think it depends upon the person and the reason for seeking it. Uh, there, are, there are so many things that go on in a marriage uh, there are people who might be physically in danger mm-hmm. uh, or uh, the other person is not valuing the marriage relationship, so they're not putting anything into the marriage, maybe even taking more than they should, and they're not willing to work on the mm-hmm. commitment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those are, those are really tough things. Uh, and like I said, I've been fortunate. I haven't had to go through it personally, but I... I've witnessed it with people I know, and and I see the the struggles they go through. So it's mm-hmm. not done lightly, right? Right. But uh, yeah, I, I I think God, His intention is that we stay together. But sometimes it's uh, you've got two people, and one of them or both of them aren't willing to work on it. It's really hard to stay, keep it together. Well, I like how you put that because when I when I pose the question, "Is divorce a sin?" Uh, sometimes I, you know, I have to consider what do we mean by sin? Because is sin just not following God's plan, or is it just object disobedience to His commands? And uh, so I, you know, I'm, I'm, I continue to think maybe we should do an episode at some point about sin itself, because uh, to some people, including myself, it could be nebulous. But as far as divorce is concerned. When I began preparing for this episode, I think what I found and what I learned in, in the study confirmed a lot of what I had already had already thought. And my thought is, is that I do not think that sin, I mean, if you consider sin being uh, against God's plan, like you said, it's not, it's not his will that we should divorce. If you consider that to be a sin, if something is not in his plan, then I would consider that a sin. But I, my definition of sin would be more of an object, uh, uh, rebellion against God, um, a rebellion against his commands, doing something that he explicitly tells us not to do or to do, and we do the opposite. So that being the case, I do not believe that divorce is a sin, but I do think that remarrying is a sin unless it's done for sexual immoral reasons. That's kind of akin to adultery when you uh, um, remarry after that. And before we move on, I kind of wanted to uh, throw out the three verses, the three portions of scripture that... um, 
solidify that mode of thinking. And in Matthew chapter 5, verses 31 and 32, it says, it, and this is Jesus' words, mm-hmm. it has been said, anyone who divorces his wife must give her a certificate of divorce. But I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife except for sexual immorality makes her a victim of adultery, and anyone who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. And then another one from uh, later on in that, in that uh, book it says in Matthew chapter 19, verses 8 and 9, Jesus replied, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives because your hearts were hard, but it was not this way from the beginning. I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another woman commits adultery. And then the last one I wanted to point out is from 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10 and 11. And this is Paul speaking here. It says, to the married, I give this command, not I, but the Lord. A wife must not separate from her husband, but if she does, she must remain unmarried or, or else be reconciled to her husband. And a husband must not divorce his wife. So I think that the scripture is clear about the remarriage, but it's not really, uh, doesn't seem to vilify necessarily or call, call sin divorce itself. Um, as a matter of fact, there is a loophole here uh, for sexual immorality. So if someone is sexual immoral, say if they cheat on their wife or spouse, uh, then that is grounds for a divorce, as biblical grounds for a divorce. And then uh, that person then can remarry without sin. But any other sin, it sounds like to me that if you divorce uh, for any other reason uh, beyond sexual immoral reasons, then a remarrying uh, would be uh, a sin. So that's kind of where I land on it. Uh, and that's what I found in the Bible. What would you say to that? Well, it's interesting because both in Luke and Mark, they talk about the same area of, uh, of divorce, but they do not mention in, with the exception of uh, adultery. Okay. And uh, when I've talked to people who uh, maybe were thinking about divorce, one person will use one verse and another person will use ah. the other because there's the accept right, in right. Matthew. Okay. Uh, and so uh, I, I think it really depends upon uh, where you're at at that moment. Mm-hmm. And, and then I also think about, um, and I have known some people who there was physical violence. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if, if, if a woman di- divorces a man because there's physical violence, at that point, is she free to remarry? And, and then that gets a little stickier. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, I can understand the safety, safety of herself, safety mm-hmm. of her children sure. in particular. Mothers are very protective of their children. But uh, yeah, it's a tough, uh, tough situation. Yeah, be nice to be able to ask Jesus what he thinks about <laughs> about that one. That's not an ex- not an explicit uh, case study in the Bible, which is unfortunate. Uh, but what I do like is that it seems quite clear to me uh, when it talks about the sexual immoral or, or the uh, infidelity issue. At least uh, Jesus gives us that to understand the heart of God and also the um, the intent behind that command. Right, and I don't think it's a free pass saying. Well, my spouse cheated on me. We have to try to repair the relationship. And then if that spouse decides they don't want to work on it or continues the, the same type of uh, lifestyle, then, then it becomes more of a reason. But just the initial, well, it happened right. one time. Hopefully, uh, the other spouse would be willing to work on mm-hmm. it. And, but if the, uh, but if the, um, a, the, per, the person who actually uh, committed the sin is not willing to work on it, then I think it uh, opens up that door. That is a good point. Because I think uh, one thing that we need to remember, I think, when, when dealing with anything, any command, is the intent of it and the heart of our God. And uh, part of the scroll of the scripture that I wrote, that I read just recently, it did say that, but it is not, it was not the way that way from the beginning. It was never God's intent for us to divorce. But when he says the beginning, I'm thinking about the fall. Uh, before the fall, um, I don't think there would have, if there were no fall, I don't think there'd be any issue with divorce. But since there was, then there is an issue because our hearts are different and changed. But um, but it does bring home the idea that God's intent was not for us to divorce. And I think you're right. I think that um, if there is uh, some infidelity, uh, then that, you know, I don't know if the knee-jerk, knee-jerk reaction should be okay. Well, now that's now it's time for us to get a divorce, but uh, you have to remember the heart of the Lord, and I think that His heart is always that we remain together. That was the intent from the beginning. Agreed. 
Okay, so why might believers think that divorce or even remarrying isn't a sin? What would be your your answer to that? Well, uh, divorce in our country is uh, it's a casual way that relationships work all together. Uh, I can remember going down to Mexico uh, with our church and them talking about if a young man wants to get to know a young lady, there was a square in town and they could go to that square while someone chaperoned them. Uh He could walk around the square and talk to her. Uh, I think in our culture, we get too familiar too quickly. Okay. uh, So that we don't really know the person that well. We might be attracted by their looks, by something they said, whatever, uh, something they did, but we don't know them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then anytime uh, you have physical uh, relationship, uh, just uh, even just a simple touch changes the way you feel at times. And so uh, I, I think if our, if our culture would slow down a little bit, in fact, I remember reading a book, um, it was called Unlikely Disciple, about a guy who, he was not necessarily a Christian, but he went to Liberty University, he was a, uh, a journalist student, and he wanted to kind of write about how Christians are hypocrites. And in the end, he actually wrote a pretty good book that, uh, that wasn't as critical as he, I thought he might be. Mm-hmm. But one of the things he said, he had transferred to Liberty University, and he said, at Liberty University, the rules are when you go out with a person, you, there's no touching, no kissing. Uh, and he said he found it very freeing hmm. because he said, I got to know this person as a person. There was no uh, pressure to have any type of physical relationship. It was all just about getting to know the person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I thought that was a fair evaluation. That's that's interesting that you say that. I mean, that there's such a tie with the physical and with uh, the desire even to get married. I actually thought of three reasons why um, believers might think that divorce or even remarrying is not a sin. And one of them is that for the most part, it seems that the church virtually ignores it. And I think that they really, that on the the whole, um, and I'm generalizing here because I haven't been to every church, but I think that a lot of churches avoid all types of sin talk. Uh, so divorce being one of them, I don't know about you, but I don't think I've ever, I I can't even remember the last time I've heard, uh, divorce talked about on the, from the pulpit or any other, um, overt sin to begin, uh, to talk, to speak about. So that I think is one thing because we ignore it as a, as a, as a believing, as believing churches. But then also I think it has become normalized in our culture. Uh, I oftentimes compare, um, divorce with um, abortion and 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 in the, in the way in the fact the reason I do that is because um, divorce is something that is a lot like I said a, la- a long-lasting sin or a long-lasting issue if you do go down that road once you divorce you can't undivorce and likewise once you have an abortion you can't unabort um, also it's kind of like uh, um, people in our culture have oftentimes use abortion oftentimes as a, uh, a, a get out of uh, pregnancy solution. And same thing with um, divorce. I think um, oftentimes divorce is used uh, just to get out of a situation. And since it has been normalized in our culture, I mean, we uh, divorce is just one of those things. It's almost like that's just what people do. Oh, it didn't work out, you divorce. And I don't think that we, we attach any kind of uh, anything to it, except it's just one of those things. And so since it has been normalized, and I think that, uh, nobody, there's no stigma to it, uh, for the most part, uh, it's just one of those things that happens. Even in the church, when you, when I run across someone who has been divorced, I don't really, it doesn't really affect me that much. I mean, yes, they have been divorced and and that's unfortunate, but how many people haven't? I mean, there's so many divorces that happened. It's just one of those things. But I think that the uh, culture of Christianity or people who come from the church don't think deeply about what the Bible says about divorce and how much of an impact spiritually that can be. So that's the second one. And the last one I I, um, had thought about is um, it is a private sensitive issue that I think a lot of people are afraid to talk about because it brings up pain. And there are so many reasons why someone might get divorced that no one wants to judge. 
And that's kind of what you alluded to um, earlier, is that uh, people get divorced for a lot of different reasons. It's not just sexual immorality or, you know, infidelity. Uh, it could be abuse. It could be um, other reasons um, that people may choose uh, to have a divorce. So when we may see someone else who has been divorced, we don't know the baggage or, or what happened beyond that, behind that. And it's kind of personal topic and that, you know, a lot of people don't want to broach that. So I think that those reasons are, are reasons why, why people may not think it's a sin because uh, it's normalized because the church doesn't talk about it or it's because it's too sensitive that we kind of like put it in the corners, like the elephant in the room that no one talks about. So uh, unfortunately, I think that that is, uh, that's become a, an issue, I think, within the church as we ignore some things, not just divorce, but so many other things. But since we're talking about divorce, that's one of the things that uh, came to mind for that. One of the things I remember uh, when I was uh, in high school, my mom uh, took care of a couple of young men. They were probably a little younger than me or maybe one was just older than me, but uh, who their mother had been divorced and she was in the Catholic Church. And I remember at that point in time, she couldn't take communion. Oh, wow. uh, there were certain yeah. restrictions that she had because she had been divorced. And I don't think it was her that wanted the divorce. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, I think we swung from one side of ostracizing people to some degree mm -hmm. to being so accepting that there doesn't seem to be a consequence mm -hmm. like there used to be of, uh, and, and, but there are, I mean, I know there are always consequences, but the, the consequence of the church doesn't right. seem to be uh, right. there anymore the way it was at one time. Now, and I think there needs to be a fine line, something in between. But uh, I still remember that uh, going to church and seeing her there and, and knowing that Again, when people got up to go to communion, she couldn't go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. It's it's also interesting to think about the state of the church. Uh, you know, we go to the, we go to church every Sunday, and uh, we do things the way that we do them. But I don't know how many times we think about, well, is this the right way that we should be doing this? Is there a, what would Jesus think? Does he think? Uh, what do you say that we're not really addressing some of the major issues that are in our world? Once we leave our church and we go into our culture, the culture can affect us. But how much are we affecting the culture? And uh, divorce is one of those things where it seems like the culture is affecting us more than we're affecting the culture. Um, because we don't talk about it and because we don't know what the Bible says about it, it's like, oh, well, divorce is just one of those things. It was interesting that in a couple of places, a couple of stories uh, in the Bible with Jesus talking with divorced women, uh, the woman at the well, uh, the woman caught in adultery, mm -hmm. in neither case does he condemn them. Mm-hmm. He says, go and sin no more. And, uh, but he was willing to talk. Culturally, that wasn't accepted in his day. Uh, for a, a man to be talking to a woman out in public would not have been acceptable. And yet he did these things, uh, and he attempted to help them heal, mm -hmm. not, uh, not condemning them. Right. And, uh, and then, again, he told them just to go and sin no more. So... Hopefully we can have, as, as a church, we can have the attitude of being able to bring people in to, to help them heal and then help them go forward and, uh, and grow from you know, the, the situations that they've had to go through. That's, a very, well, that's very well said. So, uh, is, do, do you, and we kind of talked a little bit about this, but do you think that there is any good reason to divorce? And if so, what are, what are some of those reasons? Well, first of all, I think divorce should be the last resort. Uh, too often it's brought up way too easily. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think there are times when, uh, and, and I, I've known people who have gone through this where there was physical abuse or there was uh, the safety of the children uh, that was concerned, and, uh, and, and also some infidelity. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, if a person is willing to seek help, and be repentant, that's one thing, but a lot of times the people aren't. And, uh, and so I guess at that point, although I, I still hate to see people divorce, I can understand it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I feel sometimes that, and I, I find it a danger for myself because like you, I have been married uh, without divorce uh, to easily look at someone who's been divorced and kind of condemn them without saying it, uh, judge them without without saying it. And uh, that's a danger I know for me. And uh, But I do know that there are people out there who have divorced for reasons that 
uh, I've never had to face. I mean, there's there are things that I've never had to face. So I don't know why someone might divorce, but I do, uh, in my mind, think there there are at least three reasons that I think are are decent reasons to divorce. One of them has been mentioned already is the unfaithful marriage. Um, if you have someone who is unfaithful to you, uh, that to me is a reason to divorce, or uh, it's 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 something that. That I would not say, okay, well, your divorce, that was a bad idea. I mean, it, it, it may be a, a reason to divorce. You mentioned abusive marriage. And even though that um, is not uh, overtly mentioned in the Bible, I do agree that if, if someone's being abused in a marriage uh, and that's never going to change, that that's some, some, a reason to leave, especially uh, if there are children involved. And then if one leaves the other, uh, there have been separations, you know, where one person would leave. And then the one, the person staying uh, alone is uh, stuck without, you know, they're, they're married to someone who they're not living with or, or have a relationship with. So those are the three that I thought of that might be quote unquote good reasons to divorce. Um, but that's really, I know a good reason. There's really is never, <laughs> that's hard to say because there really is no real good reason to divorce, but there are reasons that I think are, um, if not culturally acceptable, I think they're understandable by um, believers. And I even think that Jesus would understand it as well. And I think that um, as we were talking about whether divorce is a sin, I think that these reasons, if someone were to divorce, I don't, I, there's, I, I can't back it up with scripture, but I would believe that, uh, that, that God would not have, you know, he would, he would understand that. Um, so anyway, that's where I land on that. I, you know, it's a hard, these are hard questions to answer. And uh, uh, later in the episode, of course, we're going to talk about uh, what the Bible says about it and put some real uh, God thought behind it, not just yours and my thoughts. But before we do that, I wanted to ask you another question about uh, um, about divorce and why why would you think divorce is a problem? Uh, what are some of the side effects and the fallout of divorce that I think that some of us may not even consider, uh, may have not even thought about? Well, when we uh, we look at what God says about the two shall become one, mm-hmm. and I've heard different people talk about it, even if they're not married and their sexual intimacy, the two become one, and then when you pull that apart, there's pain on both sides. There's mm-hmm. a tearing, mm-hmm. and um, but in addition to the the physical pain, the uh, and the emotional pain of divorce, uh, you also have spiritual, financial, legal. Uh, and other issues that come into play. Uh, you've got family with the, uh, the children. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, and and uh, I volunteer out to the jail, and a lot of the guys that I talk to, their fathers aren't in the home. Mm. And so they've lacked that male leadership. So when, in fact, there was a saying I heard one time, if we do not have the time to teach our kids the right way to do something, Someone with more time will teach them the wrong way. Wow, that's good. And when there's no father in the home, there's that missing piece to teach a young man how mm-hmm. to be the man he should be, or a young lady uh, how to what to expect from a man. That is good. I, you know, I had written down some some exa- some reasons, but that was actually one that I didn't write down, which I should have. That's a really good point that you made there. Uh, but I looked at uh, Crosswalk.com, and these are some of the side effects that they pointed out as to why. Um, uh, some of the side effects of divorce, some, some of the unseen side effects. One of them was grief, they mentioned. And uh, um, divorce is a union. And when a plan or a dream that doesn't doesn't work out, it's a promise uh, of a life that doesn't come to fruition. That can cause an immense amount of grief. And then there's trauma. Uh, they mentioned about, uh, you know, if you have children, uh, divorce marks a pivotal moment in someone's life, especially for children. And life as they know it changes forever and they become different versions of themselves. And I like how they put that because, you know, they may have been a different person if the parents stayed together. But now after divorce, they become a completely, they may become a completely different person. And then another uh, reason is relationship with the ex-spouse. I mean, couples get divorced uh, because they want to stop talking, problem solving, or living together as a spouse. However, if they have kids, not only do they stay in contact with one another, but their communication skills um, which were bad before, are actually more improved. So 
um, when you separate or divorce, uh, one of the unforeseen consequences is that you really do have to continue to communicate with your your ex-spouse. It's not like oftentimes, sometimes it is, but for those who have children, it's not something that you can just break off and forget and move on. And then you mentioned financial stress. Uh, that's another one that they mentioned here. And it says that an average divorce um, proceeding in America costs between $15,000 and $20,000 uh, plus, plus the relocating and replacement uh, expenses after the household items have been divided. And then not even to mention the child support. So there's a lot of finance, financial issues that accompany divorce. Uh, there are emotional problems. It says following a divorce, uh, parents of, and children often experience emotional problems uh, that can last for years, even for the rest of their lives. Anxiety, depression, fear of abandonment, distrust, insecurity, lack of intimacy, confusion over sexual or gender orientation, uh, guilt, uh, avoidance of conf- uh, of conflict, faithl- faithlessness, control, loneliness, bitterness, and rebellion uh, manifest themselves in the children who have lived through a parent's divorce. So there's a lot of emotional and psychological things that happen to children that... Um, I don't know if enough studies have been done, but, uh, you know, if, if you talk about uh, people who children who have then uh, gone on to do um, bad things and uh, oftentimes you can reach back into their past and, and divorce is oftentimes one of the mitigating factors. A couple of more here is um, I don't want to go through the whole list. I don't want to waste uh, all this time talking about these, but I find them, them interesting. Uh, the chance for another divorce. It says that 60% of divorcees who remarry will divorce again, and third marriages dissolve 90%, 93% of the time. So the more you get divorced, the more likely you are to get divorced again. And then you lose friends, which is another one. Uh, most, most divorced people, uh, while they remain single, eventually find new single friends. And at some point, they begin to feel awkward in their previously, previous married friend circles. So, you know, your whole, um, the people, your support group changes even after divorce. And I got three more here. I just quickly go through them. Uh, dividing of memories and belongings, which I never really thought about. But when household items and family photos don't hold uh, a lot of intrinsic value, dividing them between parents can be heart-wrenching because household items represent memories um, and commitment. So it's one of those things where you have to divide up things that, uh, even though they might have a, a, a monetary value, they really do uh, hold a lot of memories for those who have um, had a, a relationship prior. And then holidays. Uh, divorced parents will have uh, to share the kids on holidays and related holidays. And either way, uh, that leaves one parent alone and without the kids on some of the most sentimental and nostalgic days of the year, which another thing that I didn't. Uh, consider a whole lot of. And then the last one is singleness. Once you've been married and you find yourself divorced, you probably aren't so comfortable getting back into the dating world. So those are some of the things uh, that um, this website did talk about as some of the crosswalk.com mentioned as some of the uh, unforeseen side effects, some of which I thought about and some of which I didn't. When you mentioned the children, I was also thinking that uh, different expectations so you have one parent who says this is okay, another person that says it's not, mm-hmm. or you have the children playing one parent against the other. This one yes. said I could, this one's now. Yes. So it brings in a lot of extra uh, stress that doesn't need to be there uh, because there's not a unity between mm-hmm. the two parents. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. You know, I think we'll leave this first segment there, but when we come back, we'll take a deeper look into what the Bible says about divorce. We'll explore how believers should address those who have been divorced, and we'll examine if it is okay for believers to be okay with divorce. So stay with us. If you'd like to let us know your thoughts about this episode, or if you have an episode topic that you'd like to hear us talk about on the show, feel free to drop us an email at writecmv at hotmail.com. That's W-R-I-T-E-C-M-V at hotmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Listen to half-hour episodes of the Christian Music Podcast online or download them to your computer or mobile device and take them with you. Discover independent Christian artists while exercising, commuting to work, doing chores, or any time you need to get your Christian music fix. Just go to ktfproductions.com and find the Christian Music Podcast link to access the Christian Music Podcast. 
boldly proclaim your faith while also supporting the Hardcore Christianity podcast. Find Hardcore Christianity t-shirts, hoodies, tank tops, smartphone cases, pillows, mugs, and more. Just go to the Hardcore Christianity page at ktfproductions.com for links to the store. Today, Jerry and I have been exploring the question, is divorce sin? The answer may sound obvious, but it isn't. In the first part of the show, Jerry and I examined the state of divorce in our country. We shared some of our personal thoughts about the subject, and we talked about some of the side effects of divorce. But in this segment, we'll begin by taking a closer look at what the Bible says about divorce. So Jerry, what do you think, what does the Bible say about divorce? Well, a couple of verses that come to mind, uh, Malachi 2.16, I hate divorce, says Yahweh, God of Israel. And we think about hate, uh, for God to say hate, that's a, a very strong mm-hmm. message that he's sending, that mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, do everything you can to avoid it if you can. And then Matthew, which we talked about, and I say to you, whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery, and then Mark and Luke are similar, only they do not talk about uh, adultery. Mm-hmm. So it just says that uh, uh, whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. Mm. And, and no uh, exceptions there. So it really depends on uh, where the person's at, uh, where their spouse is at. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but yeah, never an easy subject. Yeah. Yeah, I actually found a couple of other verses that I thought were uh, um, worth mentioning here in this episode. And one of them is basically talking about marriage as being sacred. And it goes way back to the beginning of the Bible because Jesus mentions in Matthew chapter 19, verses 4 through 6, he says, Haven't you read, he replied, that at the beginning of the Creator made them male and female, he said, For this reason a man will leave his father and his mother and be united with his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh, which is what you mentioned. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. So if God says what God has joined together, let no man separate, that sounds to me like is a very, very sacred thing. And I think in, um, in our culture, we don't consider it sacred, uh, at least not nearly as sacred as God uh, looks at it. And then another verse, I, did you mention this one in Malachi? Yes, it mm-hmm. says, yep. Yeah, uh, it's in Malachi chapter 2, verse 16, which says, the man who hates and divorces his wife, the Lord says the Lord, the God of Israel, does violence to the one he should protect, says the Lord Almighty. So be on your guard and do not be unfaithful. And I read that and I think, well, it is the responsibility of the spouse to protect the other spouse. And if you don't do that, if, you, if you're uh, engaged in uh, divorce, if you're so open to divorce that you're willing to do that willy-nilly, then you're really not protecting your spouse. And uh, I think that that is uh, another thing that um, I didn't take really into consideration before um, preparing for this episode is our responsibility toward our spouse. And one reason I think it'd be hard for me to divorce is is that how is it affecting the other person? I mean, that would be uh, one of the, the determining factors as to whether to go through with it. But if you don't love or honor that person, then I can see how that can be an easy an easier path to, to take. And I know in... At times, guys will look at certain verses in the Bible and they'll talk about the woman needs to respect her husband. But if they look at those verses and they look at the other the verses that follow, they talk about the man's responsibility. Uh, and we as men are supposed to love our wives like Christ loves the church. Mm-hmm. And I would think most of us fall short of that, but that's the, the standard, that's yes. the ideal. Yes. And um, if we were to do that, if we as men treated our wives the way Christ wanted us to treat it, I think there would be less divorce. Mm-hmm. And I think we forget about that. We oftentimes forget about the comparison that that God makes between uh, us and our marriage and him and Mary and the church. And I think that if we kept that in our minds, then it would make us pe- better, uh, better partners to our spouses. Uh, so how should believers address the issue of divorce or people who have been divorced? How should we go about addressing that? Well, my first thought uh, is to pray about it. Uh, uh, and uh, the, make sure I get the question. But 
how should believers address the issue of divorce or people who have been divorced? And um, but seeking godly wisdom from the Bible and wise Christians. Mm-hmm. Uh, too often we neglect the wisdom of people all around us, and uh, in, especially as when we're younger. And I know when I was younger, uh, you tend to look to your peers, but. Older people have had 10, 15, 20, 30 years more of life living mm-hmm. and the experience that comes with that. Uh, so to be able to, to talk to older people and uh, to get their view on things, to the wisdom that they have, uh, and I think that's a, a vastly undertapped mm-hmm. resource that we have. That's, that's a good point, too. Well, I, I, uh, I have a quote from gracechurch.org that says, Believers who pursue divorce on unbiblical grounds, are subject to church discipline because they openly reject the word of God. And the one who obtains an unbiblical divorce and remarries is guilty of adultery since God did not permit the original divorce. So this goes, their quote goes back to the idea that in the church, um, we should uh, address divorce the same way the Bible addresses divorce. And I think they're getting to the point where you shouldn't ignore it, um, but then also uh, just supporting what the Bible says. Um, I look at it, like I mentioned before, the whole abortion thing, uh, and I, I don't mean to lightly bring this up, but I think that, uh, um, that comparison between abortion and, um, uh, divorce to me, I mean, I know there are completely different sins, but, uh, the way that our culture looks at it oftentimes, uh, is very minimal compared to what the Bible I think would, uh, would address it as. And I think that when we, um, address issues of that. Cause when I was doing this, one of the things I thought is that, um, it's hard for, it was hard for me to understand how after having a divorce, how do you get over that? I mean, how do you spiritually, um, recover from that? Because it's like one of those sins where you can't say, okay, I repent and I move on. So, um, it's one of those things I think that when we address that issue, uh, we need to, uh, keep, I think, keep that in mind and it, and we need to show love um, it's hard for me to, to want to come down or not that even have authority to do that. But when someone who has been through a divorce, they feel enough pain from that divorce, uh, to begin with. So I don't think they need anyone to tell them how, how wrong they were and how bad they were for, for having a divorce. So I think we, as people, as believers should address divorce in a way that Jesus addressed divorce. I think you led to it when, uh, how Jesus addressed the woman who was caught in the act of adultery. Um, we are not qualified to, uh, to really judge someone, um, but we can use the scripture to help us to understand how to address it within the church. And I think that that is, uh, that's my thoughts on it anyway. One of the things as you were talking, uh, our church has a strong recovery program. Uh, so people who are struggling with alcohol and drugs, and at times they are looked down upon as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but by bringing them into the church, by allowing them to see that there is hope uh, to be able to overcome some of the struggles they've had in the past. And I think in many ways, people who've gone through divorce feel the same way. It's like, I can't walk into that church because people mm-hmm. know you know, what happened. But uh, if you can't go to the church, where can you go? Right, uh, right. And so I think it's important that we um, let people understand that there's still hope even though you know there's been issues in the past, but there is hope and that we can overcome them, it's just a matter of uh, getting back to where we need to be in our faith uh, to help us and, uh, and to feel that forgiveness that, that God can give. Mm-hmm. And hopefully as a church, we show that same type of forgiveness without um, Making it uh, look like it's okay to to go right. through it, and that's the balance. That's a that's a good way to put it because that's a that's a it's a hard balance I think for humans because <laughs> we don't have really the authority that Jesus has, and we don't have the uh, a life that's free of sin like Jesus has. So how is it that you can judge someone else and point your finger at them? Yet yeah, the Bible does, uh, but yeah, the way you put it, I thought was really really good. Uh, so what would you say to encourage someone who has been divorced in the midst of or, or in the midst of a divorce? And uh, or who has remarried after divorce? How, what would you say to encourage someone who is in that place? Well, I would continue. Uh, I would encourage them to continue to seek God, 
to know that there is forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, part of that is being repentant, mm-hmm. but also, and if we talk about the Lord's Prayer, forgive as you are forgiven. Because many times in divorce, there's a lot of bitterness to the other person. And whether they deserve forgiveness or not, we need to forgive mm-hmm. because God tells us to forgive. And unless I forgive, I'm basically carrying that person around with me all the time. And once I can forgive and let go, that weight comes off of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so for people who've been through divorce, particularly when it was the other spouse who initiated it or caused it, there is a lot of bitterness. And to be able to forgive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, like I kind of mentioned before, when coming into this, I had this thought about about the issue of divorce where it's hard. I was thinking, well, if you get a divorce, and let's say a, a divorce is sin, and it's and I've come to the conclusion that it is not, but it's the remarrying. Let's say we someone who got a divorce and remarried, and how do you deal with that? That's to me in my mind before actually uh, delving into this topic. It was almost like habitual sin. So, how do you get over something where? Because it says that if you if you divorce someone and remarry them. Then remarry someone else, then that then you are in the act of adultery. That's akin to adultery. So if that happens, every is it every time that you're every day that you're with that person, is that now you're continuing to sin? Is it still a sin after uh, uh, you've remarried? And that was kind of something that was tooling around in my mind. And I'm trying to think. Yeah, I was trying to think. Well, how does God really? How do how does He view that? Because once you remarried, it's not like divorcing will fix that problem. That now you just compounded it again. So. I like what uh, it says in gracechurch.org, which says, in cases where uh, where a believer obtained a divorce on unbiblical grounds and remarried, he or she is guilty of sin, uh, of the sin of adultery, until that person confesses that sin. Um, God does forgive that sin immediately when repentance takes place. And there is nothing in scripture uh, to indicate anything other than that. From that point on, the believer should continue in his or her current marriage. So what I would say to encourage someone, based off of what, of what uh, I read it just now from gracechurch.org, is that yes, it is a sin. But once you repent, it's just like any other sin that you've repented from. God can forgive you and you can move on. It's not like one of those sins that you're habitually in just because you've made that decision. And then also, one word of encouragement would be, um, that we shouldn't minimize divorce, but even Jesus compared it uh, compares lust to adultery. So there is a, a comparison where God doesn't seem to rank order sin. So I mean, it doesn't matter what sin you do, it is still sin. And so adultery would fall on uh, is is um, is compared to uh, lust. So um, divorce can be compared or remarrying, which is um, kind of akin to adultery, can be looked at likewise. So. I kind of look at it if I were to encourage someone who has been divorced or um, and remarried that um, it is something you mentioned the hope as you can recover from that God can forgive you and uh, it is something that we can move on from which is something I didn't consider too deeply before this discussion. One of the things with um, because marriage is is considered so casually mm-hmm. in our culture uh, and yet. Uh, in God's eyes, it's, and we talked about it earlier, it was a covenant. Uh, and so uh, I was in, uh, uh, I forgot where I got this, but uh, uh, 10 principles over 25 years of marriage. Uh, it says marriage is worth the investment. And I like that word investment because I'm investing my life. I'm investing um, myself in another person. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, most of us don't take any type of financial investment we make, we take it seriously. And mm-hmm. hopefully we take our marriage investment even more seriously. Uh, and the second part of that was you have to invest in a marriage for it to be worth the investment. Mm. So you have to put something in. You have to make that effort. Uh, let's see. It says choosing marriage partner is the most important human decision you will ever make. Hmm. And that, yet we take that so lightly. I agree with that. Uh, you know, I, I've known this person for a week. <laughs> we got to get married. Yeah. Uh, most fights are over stupid things that don't matter, and too often we allow something that's very small build into something very big. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 
that's for like with my wife and myself going to church on Sunday. It's hard to go to church with your spouse if you're mad at them. <laughs> uh, and so hopefully as you've worked through whatever the issue was, you can get past that and now be able to have a good attitude mm-hmm. and, and be able to go. Hmm. Uh, it says most arguments are resolved when both people are more concerned with being in a relationship than being right. Mm. And too often we want to be right. Right. Uh, and so that's hard. Uh, it says uh, practice like date nights, long conversations and trips together make your marriage stronger. <laughs> uh, and I know, especially when you have children, mm-hmm. that can be hard at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and sometimes even with children, the, the physical intimacy isn't what you want it to be mm-hmm. from one side or the other. Uh, or, and when people are younger, they tend to maybe work longer mm-hmm. and they're around other people, maybe, uh, in situations they shouldn't be. So all these things that come yeah. into play, uh, and we need to make sure we protect ourselves when it comes to those. Uh, it says, kids are awesome, but they stress your marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have four children, and uh, each one's different. Mm-hmm. They, uh, so to try to uh, make sure that we're meeting their needs, but meeting each other's needs yeah. as well. And then it says, never go to bed angry. Uh, I wish I could say I've never done it. <laughs> I have. But the last one I liked was, you need Jesus. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. And uh, so if we, again, if we take our getting married more seriously, if mm-hmm. we put more effort into it up front, I think we'll find that uh, we'll have better results going forward. As I listen to you talk, one of the other things that comes to mind is that um, nobody has, there's no cookie cutter marriage experience. And so as we discuss a topic like divorce, um, it's not like, uh, my marriage with my wife is like your marriage and your wife. And there's a lot of different, uh, elements that may come into your marriage that I've never experienced. And some people may divorce for reasons that I've never had to to come across. So I, I, you know, one of the things I'm learning is that, um, you can't impose your, your circle of, of knowledge and experience upon someone else who may have had a divorce because they may have had a completely different situation that you have no idea uh, about. So anyway, that just came to mind when you were, when you were sharing, sharing just now. Sure. So is it okay for believers to be okay with divorce? I think it goes back to what we talked about earlier. Uh, if divorce happens because of the reasons that we talked about that God permitted divorce, mm-hmm. uh, then I think that uh, that's an area that allows us to um, look at it a little kinder, I guess. Mm. Uh, but, uh, and I was, as you mentioned that, I was thinking of a, a friend of mine who, uh, who ended up getting divorced and, and he ended up getting remarried. And I still see him occasionally, and uh, I know his wife as well, mm-hmm. his ex-wife. Uh, I don't see her very often, but uh, occasionally I do, and uh, it's hard seeing them not together. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still think of the time when they were man and wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, whether it's a sin or not, uh, and... Yeah, I guess I'm not, uh, I, I don't feel qualified to judge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but our culture has really taken away uh, the stigma, I guess, mm, if you mm-hmm. will. Uh, it's just something else we do. And that's the thing. I mean, I, I look at that question whether uh, believers should be okay with divorce, and my immediate answer would be no. I don't think, I think that we really need to take, uh, take divorce more seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, that this is oftentimes just a casual thing and it's, it's uh, um, normalized. But I think that we need to take the whole Bible as truth. And I think that God is clear about his plan uh, for people when they get divorced. And then also, uh, we've learned already that uh, it does talk about being, you know, remarrying after divorce and how God feels about that. Uh, one of the things that gets, well, I don't know. It I can say that I find myself in that camp where um, I've I've grown a little callous, or at least um, I don't I don't think too hard on divorce. I don't uh, it it doesn't affect me like I think it it should. I think that uh, believers it sh- uh, divorce should affect us more than than it does. 
And I have, I knew someone who um, had divorced and got remarried and they invited someone to come to uh, their wedding. But the person who they invited was a devout believer and uh, is very familiar with a lot of the scripture we talked about as far as remarriage is concerned. And he decided that he wasn't going to go to that wedding. And that really crushed the person who was getting married because they didn't even consider what the Bible says about remarriage. And I think that we as believers should. As a matter of fact, um, I even question sometimes, should we, how should we, should we celebrate uh, uh, something that is unbiblical, like a, a, a marriage that has been dissolved and yet someone who now remarries that is not biblical. And then we, we also, we come together for another marriage and we have all, all the pomp and circumstance. We have the money that's spent. It's almost like a re, another wedding. Um, but should we celebrate that? I mean, I don't, I don't quite know because uh, the Bible is clear about the idea of remarriage not being part of God's plan, yet um, believers will still come together and celebrate it as if it is. So that's one of those uh, dichotomies that kind of plays around in my, in my head um, that we as believers may not take it nearly as serious as God does. So if divorce is or isn't a sin, what does that say about our God? Well, as we've talked about, God's desire is both husband and wife would live godly lives and they would stay married. Uh, And God also cares about how we treat our spouses, as we've touched on. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we live in a culture that doesn't promote godly principles and yet wants godly results. That's good. Uh, We've taken God out of uh, schools. We've taken God out of uh, anything to do with any form of government. Uh, and yet we want godly results. Mm-hmm. And uh, there is, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a, uh, a formula, but it's uh, practical. If you live according to godly principles, you tend to get godly results. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, one thing I've wrote in here, in, uh, in a perfect world, there would be no divorce. Amen. But God allowed divorce because of the hardness of our hearts. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, so, yeah, hopefully uh, hopefully, as Christians, we're living the life God wants us to and living uh, as a spouse, being the person that God intended us to be toward our spouse. Mm-hmm. And uh, we already mentioned that God hates divorce, and that's what I think that um, I take away from this as well, is um, it says about our God that he is it's not his plan that we should divorce. Uh, that said... There are, we have already talked about, there are reasons to divorce. But I think um, it is because he compares human marriage to his marriage to the church. And he is a jealous God and he values faithfulness, the sacredness of vows. And uh, he is inherently uh, response, uh, that is our inherent responsibility to, to love and protect and encourage our spouses, like you mentioned, that that is one of the reasons why the character of our God is so against, um, against uh, divorce. Uh, because it says, as was mentioned earlier, is that it is not the way, uh, it was not this way in the beginning. So God did never plan for divorce to happen, but we, it happens all the time. So we need to really remember uh, to not enter divorce callously and, and uh, to really heavily consider it and prayerfully consider it because our God is as one who hates sin and, and hates uh, divorce. And, and uh, knowing that should make us soberly uh, consider uh, whether we should enter that uh, realm of divorce, I think. So what are uh, the takeaways that will help us become more hardcore in our faith after our talk today? Well, for me, as I thought about that, if we make more effort to pray and seek godly spouses, Mm. so up front, really seek who God would have for us, spend time getting to know them and their families, uh, because you don't just marry the individual, you marry the family. Mm -hmm. And to seek wise counsel from our parents and other wise counselors, I think we could reduce the rate of divorce significantly. Mm -hmm. And I think that we need to remember that God has a plan for each of our lives. And his plan, um, it should line up with his commands and his principles. And so divorce is not one of those things. And when we disobey his commands, not only do we sin, we subvert those plans. So if it is not God's plan for us to divorce, then we need to really consider Consider that when we when we're thinking about it. I think we also need to take marriage seriously. And I don't think 
that our culture takes it seriously, and I would even question how seriously the church takes it. I mean, we don't talk about it, and it just happens, and we kind of ignore it. Uh, and also, as you kind of alluded to, I think that we really need to be careful about who we marry, because marriage is for life. I think we all need to to go, when we become married, when we find our our future spouse, we need to think of it as a lifelong thing, and not okay until it until it doesn't work out anymore or we'll try this out and see how it goes. Um, we need to, to approach marriage um, humbly and with the idea that uh, it is a lifelong thing. So I want to thank those of you who are listening for spending time with us as we explored the question, is divorce sin? I hope you've enjoyed the show. Be sure to join us next time as we explore another challenging topic from a Christian worldview. But until then, I encourage you to make every effort to keep your walk Hardcore. See you next time. If you'd like to let us know your thoughts about this episode, or if you have an episode topic that you'd like to hear us talk about on the show, feel free to drop us an email at writecmv at hotmail.com. That's W-R-I-T-E-C-M-V at hotmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Hardcore Christianity is produced by KTF Productions. Thanks for listening and God bless.